So Jesus was having supper with his disciples. In fact, they were having kind of a party, as they often did, having a good time. And then Jesus started getting serious and talked about how he was going to be leaving them. And they're saying, what? What do you mean? We'll go with you or show us the way so we can find our way forward. And Jesus said, you know, don't worry about it. I'm, and I'm going to leave you everything that you need. I'll, I'm giving you the, the gift of peace. The Holy Spirit will guide you in everything that you need along the way. Uh, and he says, you know, my, my, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. So I want to spend a few minutes today talking about the difference between what the world gives and what Jesus gives. What does the world give? The world gives fear. There are a lot of things to be afraid of now. Now we've been kind of on the edge saying, what's going to happen with Iran? We've got an impeachment trial starting, is it tomorrow? Tuesday, coming right up. Uh, we're in the middle of a political campaign. And what do politicians do? They get our attention by causing us to be afraid and then promising they can take care of our fear. We have a constant barrage of media that also gets our attention by raising our level of fear and anxiety. Somebody told me once that they had noticed that the CNN anchor Wolf Blitzer always asks, what should we be worried about when he's doing an interview? So that is the general practice of the media, teaches us what we should be worried about. And sometimes we're pretty good at worrying about those things that they tell us we should be worried about. And it is constant. And then there's the economy. So the stock market's booming, but what about China and the tariffs and all the trade war, all of this stuff? Um, my husband is a, is a public librarian, and, and one time he was looking through the stacks, looking for books, old books to take off the shelf, and he found this book, uh, How to Survive the Coming Economic Disaster, 1975. <laughs> How to Survive the Coming Economic Disaster, 1980. How to Survive the Coming Economic Disaster, 1985. So they're just these waves of fear. And I tell you the truth, I saw a book on the, on the shelf of Powell's not that long ago, How to Survive the Coming Economic Disaster. So this is the, the, the soup that we're living in, this, this fear that the, the world is happy to hand to us. So Jesus offers another way. What is that way? Well, here's an angle on it from another tradition, from the Buddhist tradition. Uh, the Buddhist teacher Pema Chodron tells the story of a young warrior who had to do battle with fear. And she summoned herself and walked near the giant fear monster and said, how can I defeat you? I am here to battle you. And he was so impressed um, by, the, by her courage and coming to face him that he decided to tell her his secret. My weapons are that I talk real fast and get very close to your face, 
I make sure you have no space left for anyone or anything apart from me. This unnerves you and you do whatever I say. You are completely convinced by me. But, he went on, if you stand up, create space, forge forward and do what you want, ignoring me, then I have no power. So he says, if you stand up and create space, and that's the way to, to forge forward and learn, learn how to do what you want and ignore fear. So I want to talk about this gift that Jesus gives us, which is a way to create space by receiving his peace. Uh, Anne Lamott says, courage is fear that has said its prayers. So when we receive that gift, and I'll, I'll give you some, some suggestions for how to do this. Because Jesus offers this other way at this supper with his disciples. He promises the gift, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit and this gift of, of peace, which is really his legacy to them, kind of his last will and testament to them. Um, and um, he offers the, it because uh, it, uh, it was a gift that they would need as they faced the aftermath of uh, Jesus' death and resurrection, the beginning of the early church. They all ended up giving their lives uh, for, for his sake, and they needed this, this gift. So the gift is no matter what happens, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens at Grant Park Baptist Church, uh, at First Baptist Church, we're voting on a new pastoral candidate today, so we're in transition. No matter what happens in our personal lives, the ups and downs of life, we can receive this gift of peace. So when someone gives you a gift, or, or when you are willed a legacy, you have to receive it. And I, I want to suggest to you three ways to practice receiving the gift of peace. And it is, it's a practice, it's a kind of contemplative practice. You know, Jeremy, I was thinking about, I heard Richard Rohr speak when he was in town, um, I don't know, uh, 12, 10 or 12 years ago. And he was talking about when he started the Center for Action and Contemplation, he thought he would be teaching 50% action and 50% contemplation. And he said, no, it's been like 80% contemplation, 20% action, because you know, those of us who want to make a difference in the world, sometimes we have a hard time just stopping and being and receiving from God. So here's some ways to, to work on that, receiving that gift of peace, living in a more uh, contemplative way. And the first is... Gratitude. So it's almost a truism nowadays to practice gratitude, but it takes practice to notice what's right and what, we're, what we will, are grateful for. So I recommend that you actually write down every day at least three things you are grateful for. And so handwriting is a very, it's a complex brain activity, gets it into your head in a different way than if you're typing or using your thumbs or just thinking in your head. So just get a pen and paper. You don't even have to keep it. Write it something down that you are grateful for every day. 
Uh, and this helps us stay in a place of sufficiency, not scarcity. So scarcity is a place of fear. Is there going to be enough? What's going to happen? I don't know. That's, 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 a, a, that's fear. Uh, Lynn Twist talks about sufficiency and scarcity in, in her book, The Soul of Money. Um, and she says, uh, by sufficiency, I don't mean a quantity of anything. It's not two steps up from poverty or one step short of abundance. It isn't a measure of barely enough or more than enough. It's not an amount at all. It's a, an experience. It's a knowing that there is enough and we are enough. The practice of gratitude helps us stay in that place of sufficiency, out of scarcity, outside, uh, away from fear. Uh, some years ago, I interviewed uh, Carol McFetty, who I know David knows, was a, a co-pastor for a long time at the North Shore Baptist Church in Chicago. And uh, we were talking about giving, and, and she said that in their church they had uh, members who, who were Karen from Myanmar, who had been refugees. And she said, you know, they're big families, you know, they might have one person working, or they're trying to scramble with part-time jobs to make enough to live on. And she said, and yet, they will, they're practically climbing over the pews to get to the offering plates, because they are so grateful for all that God has done for them. So I'm not that grateful. <laughs> uh, I want to be more like those uh, people uh, from that congregation who so experienced God's provision. So number one, gratitude. Number two is to prayerfully choose how you're going to engage with media news. So that's not as like snappy as gratitude, but it's just as important, especially in this context. So a few years ago, my daughter said, I've stopped clicking on links on Facebook that make me anxious. I thought, what a good idea. I'm going to try that. And I thought, OK, I'll try it for a month. Well, it was great. So I thought, I'm going to keep this up. And then the next Lent after that happened to be Lent of 2017. I thought, what am I going to do for Lent? And I always know what I'm going to do for Lent, because when I get the idea, I think I don't want to do that. And this time, the idea that came to me was to give up online news completely for Lent. You might remember a few things were going on in 2017. So it turned out to be the easiest Lenten sacrifice I have ever made. I was happier instantly. And so I, I, I have not gone back. So I, I, I get my news uh, mostly from written, you know, paper sources. So I, this is what's working for me. I'm not prescribing it to you, I'm, but I am recommending, this is rec my rec recommendation number one, write down by hand great, to be what you're grateful for. Recommendation number two is to prayerfully make choices about how you consume media. And I, I am going to tell you one thing to do, though. So if you have trending news alerts on your phone, take them, turn them off. Turn them off. You'll be happier <laughs> and more peaceful. Uh, so I, you know, I, I told you the media gets our attention by making us afraid. And if we want to experience the peace of Jesus in our lives, we don't have to do what the media tells us to do. 
We don't have to read the news as often as they want us to. Um, you know, it'll be the same in an hour. You know, um, and maybe somebody will have thought something a little more reflective about it. All right, so number one is gratitude. Number two is to consider your source of uh, how you consume me uh, news. Uh, number three is just breathe. You, uh, you probably know that the word for spirit and the word for breath in the New Testament is the same. We have the holy breath. God is as close to you as your breath. You can experience this, the peace that Jesus offers just by breathing. In any situation you're in, in traffic, listening to the news, in a difficult conversation, you can breathe and you will feel more peaceful. It's biological, it's spiritual, I guarantee it. Now there are prayer practices that involve breathing, just sitting, instead of you know, practicing Baptist chatty prayer, just breathing and listening to God. It, um, sometimes it's uh, uh, suggested 20 minutes, which can seem like a long time if you're not used to it. Uh, but you can sit and breathe for one minute. There are apps for, I love uh, Insight Timer is my favorite uh, meditation app. I'm honestly, I'm, I, I just went up from one minute to two minutes. So it's, it's great. One minute is better than no minutes. Exponentially better than no minutes. Two minutes is somewhat better than one minute. Uh, but you know, it's what, whatever you feel able to do, 15 seconds will help you. And one or two breaths will as well. So we're going to do, practice it right now. We're going to do three breaths together. Um, breathe in. And out. In. I feel better. How about you? So I have, I have can I give homework? It's, it's, you know, it, we're all adults here, so suggested, suggested homework is to choose one practice. Could be one of these three, gratitude, making choices about the media, or just breathing intentionally. I know you're going to breathe or something else that has worked for you, or a new idea that you have, some way to experience this piece of Jesus. To do a practice every day this week and experience just a little more of that peace that is the gift of Jesus to you. So I want you to receive it, I want to experience it a little bit more uh, each day, especially in these times. So here again, these words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Amen.